Truth to Power podcast. I am Curious G. Last week we released the song Trap. Trap kind of deals with the value that we place on ourselves and the way that we enter into the economy of the world. But we frame it kind of in the dark places. So in this episode, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about how we can either value ourselves or devalue ourselves in the workplace or living outside of morality. Should be an interesting one. Thanks for joining us. We back, y'all. It's your boy, Ace Cannon. Always here, always happy with my illustrious co-host. Curious G. Hmm. I didn't laugh this time. That's good. <laughs> there it is. He's back, y'all. He's back. Oh, shit. <laughs> trap. Hey. Trap. Trap. You remember Trap? The music? Yeah, that song Trap. It was one of the first things I ever played for you, Trap. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about maybe the game Mouse no, that's, Trap. That's where we are this week. We're in Trap. We're in Trap. It's going by. Mm, it it's is. crazy. Yeah. Second song album too, man. It's kind of nuts. I kind of forget that we've been doing this for a minute. We have been doing it for a minute now. Yeah, that's dope. That's yeah. good because it always feels fresh, right? It does feel fresh, but you know, we, we're stacking tracks, man. That's that's Yeah, no doubt. That's the way to do it. Mm. All right. Well, hey, reminiscing right there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so the, let me let me run down the gist of Trap, unless you remember what it is. Nah, you played it for me a while back. And oh. I've, I've been going for these. We've been doing this a lot more, me just freestyling. Like, I don't really, I like what Oh, I, yeah. I'm I giving like, you way less information than you, I did before. Yeah. You, we're, in case anybody didn't know, this motherfucker is about as informed as y'all are right now, right? Yeah. Like, in fact, maybe y'all are more informed because you might have known that the song Trap was coming because we put it out at the end of the episode last week. Yeah. <laughs> because my, I'm, my dude's I'm, been busy. Yes, I have been very busy. A lot of good life things, though. So it's, it's not, I can't complain, man. So you're not in the trap. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I got, I'm in some kind of, everyone's in some kind of trap. Everyone's in some kind of trap. I go with the ladies. Mm. Well, so this, <laughs> this song, this song was about the, the merchant trade. Okay. Right. And in, in the three verses that we got, we got in verse one, the dude's a complete criminal. Okay. Right. He's trying to get access to that money. He's in that trap. Once you get in, it changes who you are. Right. Second verse, same type of thing. I, I kind of focused on a sex worker. Right. So picture uh, only fans, girl, escort, you know, that type of stuff. Um, femme fatale. Mm. Right. Uh, you know, to, to have access to this merchant trade. Sometimes people get into ways of life and, and get trapped in them. Yeah. And it, and it takes some of the innocence of who we are. The last verse, I focus on the homeless. OK. Um, because I, I kind of bring all this back to value. Like we have some value within ourselves, right? And sometimes we give away some of that value trying to get currency, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Th that's that's basically the topic that we got here. Um, I want to look at uh, how do we keep our freedom? How do we keep our freedom as individuals? How do we keep our identity as individuals within the things that capitalism demands of us? It's tough. It's very tough because a lot of us are doing things that we don't want to do for that capital, which is that trap aspect. That's that trap. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if all of us had a dream job, it wouldn't be what you, when you were a kid, you didn't imagine, you know, I'd be doing this or I'd be doing this, mm. but you know, bills are bills, responsibilities, responsibilities are responsibilities, but to be an individual, the only thing you can do is see, well, you know, the true value and that's time for me. Um, I think time is just the best thing. So any, any free time that you have, you got to dedicate it to the things that you, you know, you want, you can do. And if you do it right, hopefully eventually that passion that you have can become what you do. Mm. But regardless, I mean, it, we're always in a trap. You know, it doesn't matter what status you get, even when you, you're just, you're just in a larger trap. <laughs> That's all it is. So, see, I think this is a labor issue, actually. Um, you know, I, I think that when you, like, I'm in a union and I think I have a little bit more freedom than a lot of people because I am in a union, right? We have something called collective bargaining. And I, I don't know if you kind of get what where that goes or how that operates, but the way I, I kind of explain it is let's say, uh, I'm back in Florida and I'm, I'm in that right to work state and I feel I deserve a raise. I might go into the boss's office and ask him for a raise, but that dude could be like, <laughs> deuces. See ya. There's the yeah. door motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. he could withstand that loss. Mm-hmm. Right. But like in my union, there's over a thousand dudes, right. That are glazers here in, in, in Seattle. Right. Um, collectively, if we all ask for a raise at the same time, it's a little harder to walk away from all the employees in your company. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so it gives us a little bit of, of, of power where we don't feel like, well, I don't feel like I'm in that same trap that I was before. Yeah. You know, we have a little bit more power. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, that's what they do in sports all the time. You know, mm-hmm. the CBA, Collective Bargaining, Bargaining Agreement. So it's just what's in the best interest of the masses that work for the man. Mm. You know, but it's the only power that you can have, really. And it's the power of numbers. And that's power is real. Power of numbers. A lot of people don't realize that power. Mm. They don't. A lot of people in this country, especially. You know, if we wanted to change a lot of things, I guess it's happening more with cancel culture because companies have to act right or they lose money. You know, so it's... Oh yeah. And that's actually one of the powers we have. Yeah. It's like, there's very few, but... Right. Like if if, if people don't buy something... That thing will disappear. Well, they, they act right real quick. Yeah. You know, yeah. I am so sorry. It's the only time you ever hear but fake apologies is when <laughs> they lose dollars. Ooh, I'm almost getting derailed because I, I just want to talk about the filthiness of business no, these days, bro, we but can, I, I don't yeah, want to yeah, go down yeah. that road. I just don't want to go down that <laughs> hey, road. Hey, man, I'm a businessman. Come on, bro. Dude, I'm, I'm going through my emails <laughs> early. I was in a meeting earlier, and I'm going through my emails while they're, you know, they're reading yeah. some stuff and they're doing some things and it, nothing real taxing on the mind, right? So I'm just going through my emails. I'm like, how all these motherfuckers get my email? Like, there's so many businesses that got my email, and I know I never gave it to them. Yeah. People, well, people can sell data nowadays. Oh, it's another fucking trap. Isn't Dude, it? I, when my last company I work with, when I signed up for the insurance, all of a sudden I was just getting so much spam. Mm. I mean, some people might benefit from it, but I'm, I'm a dude who's never owned a credit card in my life. Mm. That's yeah. I've just, okay. yeah, I've just never owned a credit card. Cause I've, I've always ran with the notion, like if I don't have the cash to buy it, I shouldn't get it. There you go. And it's also kept me debt free. 
You know, that's because I know, I believe in like debt is a slavery. Yeah. You know, like we've there, talked, we've talked about it. It's another trap, isn't it? Yeah. Another trap. Another trap. So <laughs> I try to do everything I can to not have those things. Mm. Even when I have, you know, say times where I've borrowed money from somebody, I make sure right away because then it's just it, almost like hold it over your head, an emotional trap or like, uh, I don't know exactly how to say it, but I just want to be as free as possible. That's one thing that I, I strive for. You know, I, I know that this is a re, there is reality to everything and you have responsibilities, like I said, so there's going to be things that you're going to be, but, it, but to try to give yourself as much as possible would be great. You know, I, I have a very macro boss that doesn't really micromanage things. So even my job feels a bit free. I mean, I still got to do what I got to do. You know, there's still quotas and numbers and whatnot, but the fact that I can kind of dictate my day is also very freeing because there's, I mean, if I, as long as I make my numbers, I can leave, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, if you do that shit day one, you know, have 29 days off, but I like the hustle and I am a capitalist because I like money. <laughs> so, because <laughs> it lets me buy things and that freedom that we talk about, like we were talking about, you know, a couple episodes ago, just having that power as you use. And I've thought about that multiple times with the power of money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's real. It's just as much as we can, as much as we can do. So that's why we all strive for it. And that's kind of what this song is about is the, the people that are, are powerless, you know what I mean? That have become powerless. Yeah. Or when, you know, like, like that first verse, I kind of framed it in the in the mind of a criminal, you know, and I, I actually thought back to, to, to my past, you know, when, when I was a young dude and I was just trying to get by and stuff like that, you know, figuring it out, living in an alcoholic home and all that stuff. And I did steal stuff to get by, you know what I mean? And, and that can change you as a person. And that's the, that's kind of the trap that I'm talking about is, is how your innocence can kind of disappear. And all of a sudden um, you've got new habits. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, so here's a, you know, this is a biblical thing, actually. They say, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm. I think that goes back to Proverbs. But I like it. I like it because, you know, the, when you think something, it determines your actions. And your actions can determine your habits. Absolutely. And your habits is kind of like a habitat. Mm-hmm. And if you live in that habitat, it begins to mold your character. Right. Yeah. And and I am an honest dude today, but I tell you that, that mind of a criminal, you know what I mean? Like it, it'll always be there. Cause that's where I was when I was a kid growing up. Like I thought that I always see like, Oh shit, we can take advantage there. You know, it's just, I see things that maybe other people wouldn't because it's, it's become part of my character. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen myself doing stuff like that still, like almost talking myself out. I have to like remind myself, like, like oh, I could, Oh, I don't still, mm. like, I could take that. You know, because I definitely didn't have a lot growing up. So I've definitely stole a few things in my life. Mm. But I, uh, what you were saying about the, it kind of makes you who you are. You know, it kind of changes your mentality in a sense. Um, I'm jumping around too. But that third verse, I just it hit me and I didn't want to forget to say this. But I was talking to a homeless person probably three or four years ago. It was before the pandemic. And he just said, he goes, I'm always on alert. Yeah. He's like, and he goes, I have yeah. this, I have this just like constant, there's like no downtime. He's like ever, he goes, even no. when I sleep, it's light sleep. Cause he's like, at any time I have to be able to wake up and something will happen. And, and he goes, that's, he goes, it's depression and anxiety all day, every day. And he goes, it's the worst feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. That's, that's ultimate powerlessness to me. Like just not having, you know, that Maslow, the hierarchy thing. 
you don't even have your basic needs met. Mm. So how are you supposed to get any better when you're trapped in the premise of just hoping you can get a couple of dollars to eat or hoping, I mean, fortunately some people have drug habits and whatnot, like hoping you can just, that's all you care about is just that next couple of dollars to do what you got to do. And that's just unfortunate, man. It's kind of, it's kind of sad. I mean, that's just the easiest way to say it is it's just sad because it's, you want to help everybody out, but there's only so much, even my pockets, your pockets, listeners' pockets, there's only so much you can do. You, I mean, we're not all balling out of control over here. So, mm. you know, it's tough. And, and what you're saying is exactly true. Um, when you're homeless, you don't have any place that is your own. Um, like every place that you can be is under threat to, to move you along, yeah. right? Like you might set up a tent, right? But, but somebody might come along and tell you, you need to move that motherfucker, right? There is no, there is no, I'm okay here, which is why I think so many people that are on the streets will self-medicate, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, they go hand in hand. Yeah. It's, it's, it, 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 it'll give me a little bit of peace for this moment mentally. You know what I mean? It's the release. You know, and it's easy to get caught up in that life, you know, too, because obviously, you know, we were just talking about habits, too. And it's your your habits are, you know, just addictive to what you do. You know, not all addictions have to be bad. You know, there could be like hard work can be an addiction to a point like everything, I guess, can be bad. But, you know, you just become in this mindset that that's that's what you know. It's who you are. It's what I am. And then you start to believe it like you were talking about earlier. Mm. You know, you do it long enough. You start to believe it. That's why even people who talk, I mean, you can, if you tell yourself particular things on a negative, like you're going to become that there's no, no way around it. And, you know, affirmation, positive affirmations are real. Like if you tell yourself, I'm going to be great, I'm going to be a good person. Eventually you're going to be great and a good person just because that's your new habit. That's your new form. That's your new me mentality. And that's just a, uh, yeah, it's tough, man. I just think about some, cause I lived downtown for years and I had some people, you know, some people and. I just always would try to do as much as I could for them. But then, you know, they said, once you're nice to one, then you're nice to others. And then it just kind of adds up. And then you're just like, well, shit, man, I'm broke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> you can't hand out change downtown, nah. dude. Like, like fucking seagulls, dude. You can't feed one. Nah. Motherfucking 20 of them come over yeah. there. And it's, you and, want, then, and you want to, but like I, I worked at a, a bakery a while back and our boss was, you know, you got to throw all of it away. And I would never throw it away. I would always take it downtown after work. Cause it was like, bro, if I'm gonna get fired for doing this, at least I'm getting fired for good morals and like helping people out. Like that's mm -hmm. a good thing to get fired over. And then I'm going on TikTok to do a dance, boy. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, uh, a philosopher named Simone Vey. I don't know if you ever heard of her. Mm -mm, I haven't. If you look it up, it, it's spelled different. Like Wagner, it's with a W. Like okay. W-E-I-L. Um, but anyway, she was a, a, a type of a unique philosopher. She was very critical of thinkers. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> one of the criticisms that she gave is like, I'll break it down into real talk. Y'all motherfuckers talk all the goddamn time and don't do shit. That's, <laughs> Facts. That, that's basically... The way that she felt about most intellectuals, you know what I mean? And uh, she died at a young age because she was on the front lines of things. And she like she tr believed in things, right? She she tricked her way into the front lines of a war pretending to be a journalist. Wasn't. Just wanted to help. 
you know, and, uh, and you know, they even tried to tell her, motherfucker, you need to sit down. <laughs> Your eyesight ain't too good. Yeah. And her response was, don't I have the right to sacrifice myself for something I believe in? You know, and, uh, you know, she was one of those people in her philosophy. One of the things that she talked about is being rooted, rooted, having your roots strong. Right. And I think that's one of the things that keeps us from falling into a trap in our society is if we have roots, your family, right? Mm -hmm. Those are some of your roots. Absolutely. You have strong roots. My roots weren't so good in, in that thing, right? School can be a root. Right. You had some sports and things like that that kind of connected you to that school. Right. You went on to college and things like that. This opened you up to a new way of thinking. So the friendships we make, the, those are the roots. Right. Churches that we belong to. These are the roots. Right. Things in our society that, that, that tie us in. Right. And I think those are the people that have a little bit more um, freedom and probably resistance to falling into those traps. You know, if you think about a homeless person, they're, they're bankrupt in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Um, there's probably a few people that avoided homelessness because they had some roots. Yeah. I mean, I've, there's definitely been times when I've been broke, but I can make a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. So that's grateful. Like I'm just, you know, looking back on it, it didn't, it was desperation, but at least I had, I had someone to, you know, had my back, Mm. but Yeah. I wanted to, before we go off, I wanted to say, um, the thing about, you know, all you guys talk, but don't do anything. It's funny. Cause I have a roommate that goes, he goes, what are your thoughts on thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> that shit made me laugh so hard. And then he goes, he goes, so when you think, what are you thinking about? You know, but just, it's like a running joke about like podcasters. <laughs> so tell me, what are your thoughts on that? You know? <laughs> so what do you think about that thought? You know, and no, then, let me respond. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, Alan Watts, he said the same thing oh, yeah. at one time. He, he said the same thing about thinking. He goes, you know, thinking is a bad thing until that's all you do. And he's like, what's the point then? Right. And this basically, that's the exactly same thing. what she yeah, said. Right. When you said that's the first thing, thing yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. of, it's just like, what's the point? Like, so yeah, you can talk all day, but you know, that's the nice thing about, you know, words don't define a person actions do. Hmm. And that shit's real, like super real. You know, you always hear someone saying they're all about philanthropy. I ain't never seen you do anything. Mm. I'm all about caring about people. Black lives matter. You know, are you? Is it really? Mm. Or is it just good to put on a hashtag? Good to put on your Instagram because some people think that you are cultured. It's like, bro. Well, then that's, that's kind of the thing is like, sometimes we, we project onto social media, uh, Things that that sound good. That, well, I think that's social media in general, though, yeah, right? Because yeah. most people's lives aren't that extravagant. They're not all motherfuckers ain't always happy. Well, it, it, <laughs> it's kind of like you know we we want to support this and support this. Support our troops. Let's support the troops, <laughs> yeah. right? How many times do people say this shit? There's 22 veterans a day committing suicide. 22 mm, a day. Preach. 22 veterans every day that commit suicide. Now the numbers on that are for every one that dies in combat, four are coming home and killing themselves. That's insane. That is insane. That's insane. That I is insane. I did not know that shit. And most Whoa. people don't. Whoa. And I'm going to get loud about that shit. This, Whoa. Is, this is the first shot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I am going to get loud about that shit because this is one of my, this is one, I've never been in the military, but this is one of the things that I feel, I feel like we should support the troops. But people say that. 
right? Now, how is it acceptable that we have that many people dying by their own hands after they come home from combat? How is that acceptable? Now, with the 22 that are committing suicide every day, right? And those four that are committing suicide compared to the one that died in combat, how many of them slip into homelessness? I don't know the exact number, but do you know? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, I was ready. To, I, was, I was hoping I could throw I, you an alley I'm just kind of throwing, out, nah, I'm just throwing say, out the question. I would say if I had to pick a number in my head, I would say... More than suicide. I would say 75%. I'd I'd say more than I'd say more than the ones that are committing suicide are, are homeless. Yeah, so I, I would bet hmm. more than twenty two a day are yeah. slipping into homelessness. Absolutely, I don't know the number, but I would guess that's such a high number, seventy five percent. Maybe I'm off, and it's probably ninety some percent when you hear it. But yeah, that's insane. You blew my mind, bro. That's crazy. I don't even know what to say right now. Hey, thanks for tuning in, y'all. I'm out. Yeah, I, I, I forget the exact number. Um, I want to say it is over 30,000. I know it's above 30,000. Let's just say it's above 30,000. There's more than 30,000 charities raising money for veterans in the United States. Mm-hmm. More than 30,000 uh, charities, organizations that raise money for veterans. More than 30,000. That's a fucking lot. That's a now, lot. It, any veteran will tell you that a lot of them are full of shit because they're taking these motherfuckers money and they're not putting in the right places. In fact, a lot of charities are a great place to hide. Yeah. Right. Um, My question is this, if we've got that many charities raising money for veterans, why are we not doing this shit with our fucking taxes? You can't do that, bro. Support our troops. Yeah, but you, we don't support. support. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, that's no, no, for no. us. That's for us. That's for us. For us. Oh, that's, yeah. see, <laughs> this is, this is the trap. This yep, is the trap. Absolutely. This is the trap. Yeah. Propaganda. 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 We throw out those things like support our troops because we want you to sh- shut the fuck up when you're complaining about that invasion in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Right? That's really why we say it. Right? That's really why we say it. And somewhere along the line, it's become acceptable for guys to come home from combat that are maybe struggling with mental illness that might be self-medicating through drugs or alcohol that slip into homelessness. It's acceptable because we're accepting it. We're accepting it. Yeah. Mm. We are. It's, it doesn't affect my life. Yeah. You know, that's what the, you know, I'll say it, but it doesn't, why would I, okay, I got other things to worry about. My problems, and that's where you hear the things, you know, problems are problems on every level. Mm. Like, some problems are deeper than others, dog. I was like, you ran out of your favorite cottage cheese. Ain't the same as a guy running out of food to eat in general. A guy mm. not having a house to live in. You know, obviously I'm not perfect. I have all those things, but, and I don't really support anything to be real. I mean, I, I, I don't, but I'm also not a social media guy where I'm out there trying to promote, like, this is what I do. I try to stay away as much as I can, but I do like watching dumbass videos. That mm. is true. But I try to stay away as much as I can. Cause I just don't need a fictitious life I'm trying to live this real shit. You know, I lived a f- bullshit life for way too long when I was younger, thinking that I was something that I wasn't, you know, but I'm just a normal person, man. I ain't special. You know, I just work hard, but there's some people that don't even get the chance to work hard. And that's sad. Like it should be, 
I've always thought this with troops, especially you come home, you should be a king, bro. I got to act like an asshole because you wouldn't sacrifice yourself. It's like, it's weird. It's a weird dichotomy how it's just not really thought about being the priority, but it should be, you know, oh, we gave him a GA grant. Yeah. Okay. But what about that's some people don't, it's not for everyone. So yeah, you did, but what is it really doing? You know, then the guy struggles in school and he flunks out because he has no support, no nothing. He has responsibilities to take care of kids to come home to. It's like everything sounds good on the surface, what you're doing, but there's levels to this shit. There's a lot of stuff. He's mentally ill. He has PTSD. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden he's trying to sit in a classroom, super quiet. You don't, I mean, you just don't know. There's so many variables, but we make it just sound, you know, oh, well, I donated to blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, we love to do that. I shit. donated to this, so I'm. It, it's kind of like church, dude. Yeah. Church. <laughs> well, I mean, we go to church and we throw money in the basket and we feel like we did something, right? We did something. Uh, you know, it, it is not, and it's kind of like what S- Simone was saying. Simone Way, Way uh, is y'all talk a lot of shit, but you don't do nothing, right? You put that money in the basket, you pat yourself on the back, right? You, you feel like you did something. Oh, I'm sure they're going to do something good with money. <laughs> you know, that's not an action. Nah, but it's not an action. And it's just, these are the good conversations to have because unless you're told that you think you're doing a good thing, not everybody, obviously there's exceptions to rules and rules to exceptions and blah, 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 however you want to say it. But you know, to a lot of people, and I would say maybe a majority think they're doing a good thing, you know, by giving, because a lot of people don't have extra to give. So even the fact that they're giving a piece of it, you know, but until you really break it down and listen to the truth of power with uh, Ace Cannon and Kyrus G, mm. you will uh, start to hear these things and start recognizing it. Because I think, like we've, I'm not, we've talked about this before, but I think that most people are inherently good. Like they're not horrible people. You know, and there's some obviously exceptions to that rule too. But for the most part, I think people are trying to do their best. I do too. You know? I do too. For, so, so that that's just a little gesture that they can do that they have. You know, they say that whole thing you know, say you have a hundred dollars, like what's, what's more impressive. The person that only has a hundred dollars and gives 10 or the guy who has 10 million and gives a hundred thousand, you know, what's really more impressive. It's not going to hurt that guy has $10 million, but that $10 could, could have bought that guy gas for a couple of days or meal. Well, maybe not now inflation's crazy, but you know, the concept of the thing It's just like, yeah. what's, what's, what's actually more impressive. You know, when they hear that shit, well, Bezos gave 258 million. Well, he has 187 billion. <laughs> Is it really that impressive? You know, there was a, I forget the dude's name. He was a guy that graduated from Yale or some shit like that, Harvard. And he became a pro- professor. And he, after he got hired as a professor, he sat down and did the math of how much money he felt like he could give in a charity for his entire life based on how much he made. And he like projected what he was going to earn throughout his life. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can give this much. And he said to himself, he didn't just want to give blindly to any charity. He wanted to research the charities to do the most good that he could possibly do. Right. And I think what he ended up doing was doing something for eyesight. And he said, you know, I could have given just a bunch of money to a ch- charity for people to have eyesight, but there was a specific pill that people could be given that could avoid blindness, right? Especially in Africa. I know what you're talking about. God. So he, uh, he, he did that because it helped more people. He said, yeah. you know, his, his dollars could help so many more people than if he just blindly gave it to this charity organization and he wouldn't know how many people, 
you know, he was, he was helping. And, and I guess the point is, is that if we're going to, if we're going to give and, and be a part of put a little thought into it. I mean, do we do that as like, I'm a good guy badge, right? Like see me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it is, it is too. I mean, a lot of people take L's all day. So any W you can get sometimes, sometimes that's what it's, it's what gets you by, <laughs> by giving your last couple of dollars. I mean, ev- a lot of things that we talk about here are just so complex, you know, and not saying that we are complex people or anything of that nature, but I, well, everyone's complex actually, but it's just, there's so many variables, like when it comes to people, especially, you know, cause they're like, we were just saying, there's people who do. I mean, you, I mean, who knows? I mean, I can just say, I'm going to say the name. I know there's obviously some bad with her, but just like someone like mother Teresa or even someone, you know, who like the president of Venezuela, you know, like there's certain people that just give, 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 give. Those might be bad examples. And, uh, um, write in the comments if you think, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> and, uh, but just some people that just give, give, give. I mean, I think people, a lot of church people would probably be one of the best for people who don't have a lot, but are always, you know, just always, what am I trying to say? Service, be of service, I guess, of that and just be always there, always, you know, attentive because time, bro, time is the best thing you can give anybody mm-hmm. just because the shit you can't get back, you know? So, but- Well, that's exactly what, what you just said is a big thing. Yeah. There's a big thing tapping into the moment, man. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I always say this book, man, but if you haven't read it, man, I'm Oop. telling you the power of now. Power now. It's like, it's the book, bro, because- I tell, I tell everyone about it. I was talking to, I had a meeting today and I, I dropped it. I dropped it again. Like I, I always say that, man. Cause I'm like, you guys are worrying about too much. I go, why don't we just change these moments to get us there? I go, we can't, I go, we can make the good decision constantly in this moment to get ourselves to where we need to get to. But if we're thinking that far ahead, we're going to miss shit. And then, you know, obviously they told me to get out of the room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, man, it's just a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because charity's weird because charity is like one of those words that can be positive or negative. You know, it's just a weird thing. Charity uh, goes back to a God bag, God's love. Yeah. That's what yeah, I do. Episode yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's not real, by the way. I don't, I don't know all the episodes like that. But <laughs> I think it was early though. It probably was early. I hope it was episode three. That'd be dope. <laughs> so here's an interesting thing that Simone said, uh, and I think it's I think it's brilliant. Um, she said that that most spirituality can be experienced in this way. It's kind of like if you're grateful, right? You're going to have a different experience than if you're walking through the day thinking that you are owed something and that, you know what I mean? Like it, it gives you a different spiritual experience to walk through the day feeling grateful than feeling maybe self-pity, right? You're going to tap into a different experience. And this is kind of where she went with her thinking. She said that the way to really be is to be a passive activist mm. instead of like a, a passive observer, which is what a lot of us tend to be. Like we take in this news, but we never do anything, right? And what she meant was to be at a state of rest when it comes to being in the world and, and having the liberty to be able to respond in that moment, right? Mm. Like responsible, able to respond, mm-hmm. right? And this is kind of what she was talking about, where if, if you're passive, if you're at rest and you're not putting your own 
ideas, beliefs, opinions on that homeless person, right? And just listen to what they have to say. You know what I mean? And maybe through hearing them, you're like, ah, maybe I don't want to help this motherfucker. They're just, you know, yeah. but you also might go, oh shit, this motherfucker, I, I, I could help this person. You know what I mean? And this is how, you know, and, that, and that's kind of what she was talking about. She said it was a, it was a spiritual thing, right? To be at rest without having the ego driving the moment and to wait to see what's needed to be done and to act. Damn, those are bars. Oh, dude, she Bars. was, she was amazing. Dude, that is so she, dope. she, when she got, when she was on the front line, she got burnt the fuck up over some boiling oil that was left on the ground and she was nearsighted and tripped over and fucked up her leg or some shit like that, which was a good thing actually, because they sent her to the hospital, got her off the front lines and all those motherfuckers died like a short time later. <laughs> but after she came back, right? What she did is, is she started to focus on the next thing. First, she wanted to fucking fight these wars, right, and help people. But the next thing she fought was what she thought was a big war. It was the labor industry and the labor movement that was happening at the time. And she, as a philosopher, decided she's going to go get a job at a fucking factory. <laughs> Early 1900s. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to go to a fucking factory at that time? Dude, that's brutal. And she, you know, she didn't say, hey, I graduated one of the best schools in the whole world for philosophy, and, you know, I'm this and I'm that. She didn't talk her shit. She just went in, she did her job, and she kept a journal, and she wrote about it. And what she talked about was that the worker is in a state of affliction. Affliction. Mm. That, that we feel empty. We don't have these roots. We feel empty. Because we give so much at these jobs, but we're not tied to that job, right? It's just a job, right? And we don't have any deep roots into that place. You're there as long as you're needed and wanted. And if they don't need you, you're gone, right? But to not feel a, a, like that you're attached to the work that you do, to feel disconnected and to feel spiritually empty. This is what she talked about. She said, most people, you know, they'll, they'll address the needs of the flesh. Like they're hungry and they mm -hmm. need a home. They need this and they need that. But we have to be balanced. We also have to address the spirit. And this is, she was, a, she was an amazing person. I mean, most philosophers like uh, Marx, right? The guy that wrote all that shit about fucking the workforce. You think that motherfucker ever went to a factory and knew what it was like to be in that fucking factory doing that work? Fuck no. I would say statistically speaking, probability wise, no. No, not as far as history knows, unless he did it on the down low. But I'm pretty sure he would have wrote about it, if he, you know, but she did. She did. She wanted to know. She wanted yeah. to know. And, and what to, for her to say that the worker is in a state of affliction, and she's talking about a spiritual state of affliction. That's wild. It is. And I think that's the way some people feel with their jobs, dude. I think more often than not. Yeah. We talked about people in this country being born into poverty as soon as they get out of fucking school. Like they, they leave school and they enter into poverty and they never get out. That's the trap. That's the trap. And a lot of those jobs... They keep your spirit empty. You know what I mean? And, and you're working all the goddamn time. You don't have time to think. You know, my daughter is 22 years old. She's got two jobs all the time. All the time. All the time. So and, like she, and she lives on her own. So 12 to, 12 to 16 hours a day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Damn. And she's got her own apartment. She's got her own little beater ass car. <laughs> no, I'm proud of her. 
you know. But it's not like she does much of anything. But oh, she, work. she works. Yeah. yeah. State of affliction. To stay afloat. State of affliction. State yeah. of affliction. State of afloat. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Well, we, we talked about two of the three. We did talk about two of the three. Let's jump into the third one, second verse. Okay. Femme fatale. Gun mm. tote, chain smoke straight up in your face, quick to your throat. <laughs> that check. Um, femme fatale. You know what a femme fatale is? Uh, no, but I remember watching that TV show as a kid. Oh, which one? Femme fatale. I don't know. Some white white girl with well, blonde the, hair. It, it is a trope. It is okay. a trope. I was like, yeah, like, man. You I, ever watch uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Okay. Jessica. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. That's the femme fatale. Okay. Right? I just, I, well, let me just tell you what I think it is, how I, how I perceive it, because I okay. actually don't know. I think of it as just a almost, well, a very feminine woman who is almost like a man eater. Mm-hmm. That's how I think of it, mm. but I don't know if that's true. I, I think that you got. I think you got a little bit of the description right. Um, so, so femme fatale is a trope that you find in writing, you know. And for anybody that doesn't know what a trope is, uh, it's kind of like a character in films or in story that kind of like a mad scientist, right? Mad scientist is a trope. Right. Every story has different mad scientists. They might be different characters, different people, but they're all the mad scientists. Well, the femme fatale, oh, like Vixen. the femme fatale okay. was a woman that usually was very independent, very strong in their person. And they were going down a road that wasn't a good road. It was a mm. dangerous road. It was a danger. Okay. They could be manipulative. They could just look for a good time, but it always ended badly with the femme fatale. That's why they, Fatal, yeah, fatal. That bitch is deadly. That's, deadly. I guess it's probably. Don't get wrapped up with that Jessica Rabbit. You're gonna end up dead, dead, Roger. Shout out to everyone who tried to see under that dress when she was going in circles. Ooh, <laughs> I know. I, I, had a, I had a thing for her, man. Oh yeah, she was thick, yeah. thick with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people, people want to fuck different cartoons. I would take that one. Most <laughs> you're, people, you Jessica, holla at me. I'm right here, y'all. <laughs> most people want that Elastigirl. Me, I want Jessica Rabbit. Mm. But anyway, yeah. Cartoon <clears throat> fucking aside. <laughs> Let's get back to the femme fatale. So this is interesting. This is interesting. Back in like World War II, right? We needed women to work. Mm-hmm. We needed them to support the war, support our troops, go to go to work, go to the factories, <laughs> yeah. right? Because the dudes wasn't home. Yes. They was over there. Someone had to do this. Somebody had to do something. So they, they, they in films- Women were strong, man, in films back then. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the muscle. Girl, yeah. yeah what's, I don't know the name of that. Uh, my, my sister-in-law would know. She has that picture. Rolled Vodka, up the sleeves. Rolled up the sleeves with the handkerchief or bandana. Now, now we needed that shit at the time. Yeah. But as soon as the war was over, guess what? Bye. Guess what? All them strong-ass women became the femme fatale. Yeah. You, because that was when, that was when they started you. to kick in mm-hmm. with film noir. Yeah. Right? Dark films. Dark, yeah. Films that okay. ended badly. And the femme fatale was usually the, the character that was going to lead the charge. And why? Why? Because all those independent, strong women that we needed during World War II, we wanted them to shut the fuck up. Shut up. What, what shut it? up. Oh. Sit down. Go back to the house. That's pretty much what they were. That's pretty much what they were trying to do. Yeah. Right. That's pretty much. They were trying to reframe women again. Because of the needs of society had changed. Or maybe not the needs of society, the needs of the people that the, were in power. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, it's always that? Yeah. 
So this is where femme fatales basically came from. It's an interesting thing in the history of film. It's a, a tool of propaganda that was used to get us to kind of fucking think certain ways, right? Um, put Kitty back in the box. You know what I mean? But this is another trap. This is another trap because your explanation of what the femme fatale was, that came through propaganda. Yeah. I have no other choice. Mm. Unless I want to have another choice. But it's funny when we get educated, right? When we get educated, all of a sudden we see some things differently, right? Like the femme fatale character. Now that we see that motherfucker, we're like, oh, okay. You know, I can see why that was a bad thing. You know what I mean? Now we might not ever see that femme fatale the same way. No, we always will. Stories don't change. Well, what I mean, do. what I mean by you, you get some of that information about how it oh, was, okay, I got what you're saying. you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, all of I'm a just, sudden, just recognizing, just like we always say with the patterns and everything else with society and propaganda and, you know, I know where this is going. I've heard this story. Bullshit. You know, those kind of things. When you hear the news, sometimes you, just, you know, yeah, you know, you're just like, Oh, what the fuck? Get out of here. He committed suicide. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, when you hear that shit and, um, yeah, because what it's funny because when you said that in the beginning, and you were you know I was for some reason I was just I was thinking of prostitution when you said OnlyFans. It's for some reason it, it hit my head, and I thought it would be an easy way to get trapped too. Mm. You know, very easy because you know when you're young, it's quick money, and you might think that it's just like oh I got this and I got this, and then once you get accustomed to the lifestyle, like we were saying, you you live it long enough, you start to become it. You know, it's hard to get away from that. And when are you going to, you know, try, this is going to sound really horrible. When you, you know, got yourself ran through, yeah. it's like, yo, you're not, you're not getting dudes anymore like you used to, mm. you know? So it's kind of like, what do you do then? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think what happens sometimes is there's that invisible line. I'm going to go right up to this point and mm. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go across that, but I'm going to stop right there. And then all of a sudden. There you are across that line, looking back at that line going, oh shit. Dude, I, it's, you know, and that's, that's not even just, fem it's everything. everything. There's so many things like that. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. females, but like in me. Gen in general. Yeah. Yeah. I've crossed some lines. You know, I've, I've said to myself, <laughs> I'm never going to do that. And I did it. And then I did it. <laughs> and you know? I did it. Okay. Then I'm, what do I do? I pick that invisible line up well, and, next I'm, time, and I move it. Next time and I'm, I'm not going to. And yeah. I move it. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. Okay. I'm not going to drink until after five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what only I mean? Only on the weekends. Like, like it's only, okay yeah, only, yeah. if I wait till after five o'clock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? But yeah. then all of a sudden it's like well it's five o'clock somewhere well it that, is no that's a good it's five o'clock somewhere it's five o'clock somewhere and then somewhere. it's just it's, it's fucking switching it up and be like oh man the Seahawks are on that's right <laughs> you know 10 a.m. 10 you're not you know, gonna, you're not gonna watch like, a 10 a.m. game yeah, yeah, sober yeah. yeah that's insane yeah yeah what go Hawks what Let's is go. Sunday what yeah the, the rules don't apply nah 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 man no man I'll just make sure to go to sleep early trap <laughs> trap 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 yeah yeah that's funny so, so I, I'm, I'm kind of saying that sometimes we end up in traps that we don't see coming. And sometimes we climb into the traps ourselves by choice. And then it, we get trapped in those places. Like what you just said about the, the you know, maybe the prostitute, right? They, maybe she just started sucking a few dicks here and yeah. there. You know what I mean? Just to make a few extra dollars. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, now, you know what I mean? It's, it's the, the same thing as like, I'll flip it on the other, like, and this isn't, there's obviously female drug, but like a drug dealer, mm. you know, I'm, I'm going to get out once I make 10 K shit, man, that was easy. I'm like, oh, no, 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 man. 
100K. Yeah. All of a sudden your weight's going up and your charges also go up because blood money never trapped. wins, man. You're trapped. Trap. You're trapped in it. So it, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you could say the same thing, you know, I mean, even construction, man. You know, mm. I'm only going to do this for a few years, stack it up, make some money. Oh, yeah. Dude. And then then you just... then I, I make I make great money for for what I do. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think I'm in the top... 30% of earners in this country, which is pretty good. That's very good. It's very good. And, and what I look at is like, I think my wage is a livable wage, right? But I think that m most people being below that, how the fuck are they doing it, dude? Cause that's not like I'm rolling in fucking dough. No, I, I, I don't like to say what I do, my, but I do. Okay. Yeah. And I sometimes think about, about that. You know, like I have enough to do basically whatever I want, but I'm also single, mm. no kids. Ooh. And that's a big one. Once you have kids, I mean, kids are expensive, bro. I mean, in a, in a sense, and I don't mean this any negative to all the parents out there, having kids is a trap too, because you're no, I mean, you have to worry about those kids. You're putting in that same investment that we talked about earlier, mm. you know, that we want to do where it's like an, an exchange. But like, if you want your kids to do well, you got to sacrifice some shit. And see, I don't see it as a trap. I see it well, as a- I, But no, it is though, man. Mm. And, and, and say it, it is a trap. It's not saying, see, we're looking at it negative, but like you're stuck in a box, not a negative box. I mean, you're raising kids. It's the greatest thing you could do. I'm not trying to say it like that. Mm. But what I'm saying is like, bro, you're stuck for 18 years raising this person because you have to do it to make a good member of society. I think for some people it's a trap. You're right. Well, you're, not, you're right. Yeah, sometimes. Right. But I'm just, you know, but it's, you know, but, 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 but try to get myself out of a corner. But, uh, you know, I love all kids. And uh, Coach A says, what's up? Oh, he hates it. kids, <laughs> motherfucker. You yeah. hear him talk about kids. Yeah, right. all, yeah all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, that's me. Um, God, I want kids. I want a family so bad. Trap me, baby. Trap me. So um, I, I would I would define that as a little bit what Simone said, roots. Yeah. And and with, with roots, you can't just get out of roots, no. right? Yeah. So so if if if, if we're, if we're kind of like those plants... Right, and you tear a motherfucking plant up by its roots. What happens to that plant? It dies. It motherfucking dies. It dude. dies. So our roots give us a lot of life and 100%. purpose, and you know, I think that's the one of the things that keeps us going in that state of affliction. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Well, that and then the resilience of the human, also. You know, that's the one thing. Is I mean, we've been able to. Oh, bro, this is like I'm. I'm all about ancient civilizations, as you know, I'm all mm. about this. And I believe that we're like on the sixth generation of humans and Atlantis was real and there was all this technology and blah, blah, blah. But it's the resilience of people, you know, that, that when things go bad, humans are able to figure shit out, you know, obviously when power comes, but it's, I mean, there obviously was a time when there was just hunters and gatherers. Like there obviously was a time where like there had to be, it's just, if you believe in Darwinism or science or whatever you want to believe, there had to be a time where things had to progress. Well, I believe in that. Not you can believe whatever the fuck you want to believe, but <laughs> but uh, but I'm saying like it, there had to be a time where it was. So, bro, people had to do that. They had to survive. I mean, we see these people in the jungle that have never seen our technology before. Like, bro, they live in a. They're surviving. They're not trying to go do more than just survive. Mm -hmm. So it's like what we are. We're very resilient. Humans are resilient. They do what they got to do, and I always applaud that. So hey, good for you, humans. <laughs> So I, I think you said a little while ago how we always talk about these complex things. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I actually think this is another thing that boils down to something that's simple. I think it, I think it all goes back to education. Oh, I was going to, I, I was going to thought it was the V word. I really do. I think it all goes back to education. I think that if we were better at educating people that it wouldn't be so easy to fall in the traps. Yeah, it is. But that's, we don't want to educate people. We don't want to educate no, people. No, we do. But we, we do, do, me and you. Yeah. Yes, we want to. We want you to be as free as a bird and fly, fly away. Shout out to Forrest Gump. Well, that was the interesting <laughs> thing about Simone is she talked about how you had to have, um, like, you can't have just complete freedom, right? No, no, no. You have, you to, have, have to have structure. You have to have structure. Have right? to have structure. She talked about these balances, mm-hmm. right? These these things that, you know, and I, I think that's important. Um, with school, uh, I, I think that we have to... Well, I think it would be better if we actually paid attention to the spirit in it, while we're growing up. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying any kind of religion no, or anything no, like yeah. that. But here's the thing, right? Um, one of the worst things that people do is communicate. I wish we had just more open communication in school to where people actually learn to communicate, learn to listen while they're in school. You know, communication is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. I had a, I took some speech and debate and one time my prof, well, professor, I was thinking of college, I was in high school and she goes, the worst thing that you can do is have a winner and a loser in a debate. Mm. And she said, because then it's already framing your mentality that you have to win. And I was like, huh? She goes, no, don't get me wrong. I want to win that state title. But she goes, cause I'm a winner. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're taught. We're taught that to be in, winners in America. Right. It's like, that's what we're taught. So I want to win. Gotta get that yay. But Gotta she, get the yay. Yeah, no doubt. Yams, baby. And then she would, uh, but then when she said that to me, I thought that was always, <laughs> I thought that was always, always interesting where she goes, but it's, it's not good for the long run. She didn't say it like that. She actually said it differently, but that's basically what she was saying was like, it might, it's not good for the long run. No, it's man. not because it's not. because the loser walks away feel like a fucking loser. Exactly. You check out check out the scoreboard, dog. You know that shit. What? But oh, too bad I didn't listen to what you said because you actually had a lot of really good points. See, I like having winners and losers. I think it's okay to lose here and there. You know, everybody it's, everybody has to lose a little dude, bit. Dude, I'm. It's one of those cancel lines. I can't stand participation trophies. Fuck no. Nah, bro. I'm the same dude, but I'm also a sports guy. Always my life. And I also like, like, I like competition. It drives me. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me determined to learn more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's how I, I've always been a person that's always, you know, I like winners and losers because, you know, one of my favorite lines is, well, I don't even, I've never heard this from anyone else. So I'm going to claim it. So uh, go ahead and quote me on this. You know, you can take an L as a loss or a lesson. It's up to you. Damn, bro. Should have saved that for the pardon thought. <laughs> oh, I got more. No, no, but yeah, no, but that was, but I've always, I've been saying that for years now. And I, like, I don't believe in losing. There's no such thing as losing. Mm. You know, it's the same thing. Like I always say to people, like, there's no such thing as failure until you say you're done. You want some more? I got some more coach A in me if you want me to go. No, but no, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about the troops and all that kind of stuff. And he, here's, let me paint a picture of what I see as a trap, right? Let's say you were graduating somewhere around the year 19 or not 19, sorry, 2001, 
right? 2001, 2002. I, w- I did. Right, right about the time. <laughs> I did graduate high school then. Right about the time Iraq war, all that stuff mm-hmm. was kind of ramping up. You I know was what a I mean? junior when 9-11 happened. Now let's say you grew up in school and let's say you weren't the best student. You squeaked by with some C's, right? Oh man, um, You just, you didn't feel like it was your thing because in school you just, you, you saw other people excel and you kind of felt like, you didn't have the grades, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, let's say you're in an impoverished area. Let's America. say there, there isn't there isn't a lot of work opportunity, right? Let's say you've been growing up your whole life playing video games and killing all them motherfuckers on your games. America. Right? And all of a sudden this war is going on and you go to movies and you watch Black Hawk Down that just came out shortly after America. 9-11. And you're like, ah. That's the answer. That's it, baby. I'll go be. Let's go. I'll go be a motherfucking hero. It's the land of the free, home of the brave. Like I did on my video games. Yeah, I got you know? that medal. It was gold. Okay, now you, you go off into war. <laughs> okay, he said. You, know, <laughs> you go off into war and you do the damn thing to the damn thing. Yeah. But how many people, before they went down to sign up, did any kind of research to look at why we were fighting this war? Well, what's not... I mean, it's, it's w- would you put your life online for that war? Knowing what you know no, now. now. Knowing what I know now? Fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck Same no. thing for Vietnam. Fuck no. Fuck no. Tonkin. So, so, yeah. so the way things are framed sometimes, you know, isn't always the way it is. It's, and I don't think there's too many people that have the freedom or the liberty to be able to look at it and go, do I really want to be a part of this? Or even the information. Or even the information. You know, because it's that, dude, I always say, I say this a lot of the time with the usher when he's like, caught up. Got this feeling, caught up. Like, it's just a song by Usher, but I say this all the time with my, my, my boys, even myself. I'll mimic it in my head. You know, sometimes I'll be like, oh shit, I'm getting caught up in this shit for no reason. You know, but the same thing, you just don't have enough information sometimes. And everything, like hindsight is, you know. So edu- education is everything, right? If this motherfucker was educated, maybe to ask the questions. Yeah. Wait a minute, hold on, player. What's this motherfucking thing about? The thing, the thing is, we do. I mean, people were, you know, but they're the ones that are suppressed. You know, they just like, shh, 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 shh. Okay, but let me keep painting this picture. Keep going. This motherfucker goes off into the military. He's fighting the war. He's believing the fight. He's, you know, and then he sees things over there and it gets in his head and maybe he gets a little PTSD or whatever that kind of shit is, right? Comes back to the United States, right? Now they're trying to make sense of things, right? Now they're, they're really in the trap, right? They're, they're, they're living with the experience of everything that has happened, Right. And sometimes when you get out of those situations, you carry it with you. Yes. Right. Right. You carry it with you. It shapes, goes back to those thoughts, actions, habits, character. Right. Sometimes your character gets molded by those experiences. Uh-huh. Right. The innocence that you lost ain't never coming back. You know what I mean? Innocence dies, but we keep our life. Right. And here we go. Here we go. We're living this new life. And who the fuck am I? Well, I'm, I'm that dude that was over there in Iraq, right? Mm-hmm. And you come home and to, to, to flood that out of your memory, what do you do? Maybe you drink a little bit. Maybe you, you know. Smoke a little smoke bit. Smoke a little bit. You know, self-medicate. Yeah. It's a thing, right? Um, because of those, oh, I remember, 34,000 charities devoted to American veterans. Huh, would we need that shit if tax dollars are really helping? 34,000 charities, maybe they're trying to help you. You know, maybe, maybe they're trying to help you a little bit, but maybe you don't get the help that you need. And maybe you're one of those 22 soldiers a day 
putting a gun in their mouth. 22 a day committing suicide. Maybe that's how the trap ends, right? Yeah, Maybe damn. that's how the trap ends. And you got went into the military because you didn't know what else to do with your fucking life with this economy. And that's what this song is about. What do we do? What do we sacrifice within ourselves to be able to make it in this world that we have today? You know? Mm. Trap. Clack. Sounds them chains. Caught up in that merchant trade. Mm. Facts. Yeah. Cool. Another good episode, man. Well, I think we better wrap this motherfucker up, put a bow on it, and call it a night. What do you think? Yeah, I got some steaks thrown at home. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Montreal seasoning boy, my Ooh. favorite. <laughs> what kind of steak you got, dude? What else, what? What kind of steak you got? I don't know. It was on sale, though. Oh, that's yeah. All, that's I'm all I said. I don't know. I don't know, but I know it tastes good. Put a little butter, let that shit sizzle. Don't overcook it. That's all I got. But that's not my words of wisdom. I'm going to leave you with this. So I'm going to leave you with this because it's times that are kind of crazy. But, you know, the only thing you can do is try to be the best version of yourself for you. So be the best version of you for you and the rest will fall into place. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to leave them with this. A lot of people want freedom of speech. Right. That's a thing that we all want. But how often do we put our freedom into action? Mm. Into action. Acting. Taking some kind of steps. You know? Um, so just, that's something to think about. Go ahead, ponder. Am I that. just putting money in the basket at church? Mm. Or am I being present and responding when need is in front of me? It's your decision. I mean, I, your I like to put a dollar in the basket, man. <laughs> if anyone wants to give me a dollar, I'm definitely open for that. You know, George Carlin said that's the way you get rid of counterfeit money. Put it in the basket put of in church. The basket <laughs> of church. That's hella funny. <laughs> All, All right. right well, hey, thanks everyone again. Appreciate it. It's your boy Ace Cannon. And this is Curious G. And this is the episode Trap. So, Sean, this week it's trap, huh? <laughs> it's trap every day of the week, man. There's only three days of the week. You know that, right? Trap, 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 trap. Only three days, huh? Fuck yeah. There's a work day, a day off, and payday. And all of them <laughs> got us in that goddamn trap. <laughs> yeah, man. Tell the people um, kind of some of the meanings behind trap or even the, the, the main underlying meaning for the record and why you chose to write it. Well, the underlying meaning of this song is what we give up within ourselves in order to earn. Mm. So if you look at that first verse, I'm kind of talking about that criminal mentality that gives right. up of themselves. In the second right. verse, I was actually thinking about like the, uh, the sexualization of women in, in the, the sex work trades, like only fan mm. girls, escorts, things like that, right? right. What, what they give up of themselves in order to earn the, the money. So in both cases, people devalue the life that they're living. If you're a criminal or if you're um, caught up in the sex trade in some kind of way, you know what I mean? Maybe this is a way that you are making money, uh, but are you in a trap? You know, uh, are criminals in a trap? You know what I mean? Um, in the third verse that gets into kind of talking about the homeless, 
you know, and how they're right. within the life that they are slipping from, right? They're slipping in the death and nobody seems to notice their value is completely gone. So I'm trying to talk about the devaluation of, of uh, human spirit, you know, through our merchant trade, right? Getting involved with money. I remember when we were first cooking it up, do you remember me uh, scratching up that sample at the end where it's like, uh, make, make, make dollar, dollar bills, make, oh, make, make dollar, dollar bills. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that, man. I mean, I, I remember I was like, because you were spinning it for me, I was like, will this work? And you were like, oh, keep that. That works. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that works. That's sick. Well, you know, when, when I hear that, I started to feel like something, um, that Dr. Dre might've done, you know what I mean? Like I, I get that feeling from this song, you know what I'm saying? Even with the synth line in it, it, it might be that synth line that bing, bing, bing. it's, it's, it's kind of like uh eight number to G thing. You know what I mean? That same kind of like synth that you hear on those NWA records or chronic Dr. Dre records, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, dude. Like there was a group Super of Super parliament influence synthesizers, you know? There was a group of dudes that I was hanging out with that was bumping that stuff back in the day and I didn't know nothing about it. You know, I was a rock dude yeah. up to that point. But um, that was the first real um, experience of, of listening to Tupac, Biggie, you know, all that stuff. And those sounds, you know, that was coming out of Dr. Dre, dude, <laughs> shit was awesome, dude. You know what I mean? It was like a whole new world, huh? That that was actually, The Chronic was, if I'm not mistaken, the very first rap album I had ever heard, um, I might've been, that came out in 92. I heard it in 94 or five. It was at a garage sale my dad had. Uh, my cousins uh, pulled up to help out or whatever. You know, they're they're like 15, 16, but when you're like six or seven, those are the coolest guys on the planet to you. You know what I mean? You're like, wow, those guys are tight. They got their own car and stuff, my cousins. And they were playing this 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 record on tape which ended up being Dr. Dre's The Chronic. And I remember it being like, wow, so blown away that this is what music could sound like. It was like essentially the first like rap I had ever like heard. You know what I mean, Sean? Oh like, yeah, dude. Whoa, like the, the last this rap is cool. I was the last rap I was listening to was back when Ice T was doing his thing. I think that song Colors came out, right? Like that yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was like my idea of what rap was. And then I didn't listen to it for years. And then that that sound came in from the West, you know? And right. it's like that West Coast shit. And I remember it's like, because uh, I like grew up in like on the Beatles and all that, like Led Zeppelin, all that stuff my pops listened to. And my mom, Prince, you know what I mean? Michael Jackson, all that. And I like, I, like, I knew what rap was, but and then when I like actually heard it in the back of a, I don't know, I forgot what kind of car it was, some kind of red two-door or whatever, some 90s Honda shit or something. But I'm like, wow. And they're just chilling to it. And I'm like, guys, I got... What is that? This is the best thing I've ever heard because I've never heard like beats, you know what I mean? Like like rap <laughs> beats, you know? And and these guys are just snoops on the mic sounding so cool. Dr. Dre sounds all aggressive. And I'm just like, wow, this is, I want to listen to this shit. I wonder if my parents will let me listen to this. You know what I mean? Like what the you hell? Know, I, I don't, and shit. I'm like, this is so tight. Like, I don't know if you remember what I said when we first made this track. I said, I can't believe this is us, man. It definitely has like a classic west coast feel and then you ride the beat like almost in your own in your own way but it, it has that west it's not even a gangster track but doesn't it have like that that g-funk feeling to it sean you know oh, what it, I mean? it, it, really it does, does. but uh, it was it was the way that we went about this track like if you if you notice from here on the music starts to really evolve 
You know, if you listen to this album, you know, we went to some right, places. You're right, dude. You're actually right. If, if I remember correctly, after we did Trap, and I, I mean, this is a while ago now at this point. Uh, it was a phone ago for me, so I didn't have the text. But I feel like you were like, I don't know, maybe I'm paraphrasing you, but weren't you like, this is the beginning of something? You know, I feel like we were talking. We're like, this is, from this point on, from this record on, shit's not going to be the same in terms of like how we work and how the sound, like now I think of it, is this the song where... We went from just kind of fucking around to being, oh, this is professional and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sean? this was this yes. was it. This was what I was saying is yeah. that this it doesn't even sound like us. Like I couldn't believe we were yeah. making it. You know, that and was, I hadn't listened to it in a while until we were just getting prepped for this for this uh little podcast and I fucking just played it and I'm like, wow, that holds the fuck up, Sean. You know when we go back and we listen to our stuff, we're like, that's cool, but that's a time and space kind of song, you know what I mean? It sounds great, but this sounds like we just made this yesterday, right? Would you say? Like what the hell, dude? It's that type of song, man. It's um, yeah. It literally it's, sounds it's, like we made this like this week. Like that's how fucking solid it is, dude. It's really well done. And it, it's solid because it it tells those stories, those three distinct stories, you know. Yes. But it all connects it to the one theme, you know. And I, I like doing that. I like to take three stories. You know, we just did that with Diverge, which people won't hear that for yeah. a long time. But um, yeah. You know, where, shout out to Diverge, great record yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> where we're we're getting into three stories within the same track, you know, but it all ties to an idea, um, right? And that was this. Uh, so, trap was a great one, man. It was fun to make. Um, content is there. The three stories intertwine beautifully. The hook is driving. That synthesizer on the hook is straight up inspired by Dr. Dre. Straight <laughs> up, <laughs> like straight up yeah. <laughs> like okay there's no way around that like i wanted that to be as it got made to sound like the chronic well you know when, sense, when we have heroes dude, we try to get close that's that's what i was saying oh, yeah. not not too long ago oh, yeah. about seeing the roots you know when i saw my man black thought i knew what i had to do like i don't expect to be that but we got to get close right you got to try to get close right. to dre you know everybody right. want to be like dre dude dre oh, yeah. It's because everybody forgot about Dre. Oh, nobody <laughs> forgot about Dre. <laughs> everybody want to talk. <laughs> when they moved the lips, it's all gibberish. <laughs> what the fuck was he talking about? I think that was where mumble rap started, was that song right there. He started fucking getting that gibberish <laughs> talk. On the they got something about D. You can't get the gibberish talk, man. What is it? It's like, nowadays, everybody want to talk, they got something to say, but none comes out when they move the lips. It's all gibberish. The motherfuckers act. They forgot about Dre. Dude, it's... <laughs> I w <laughs> great record too but i wonder like if that was like intentionally done like that because it was it was super freaking fast yeah it was Nobody intentional it, it was intentional when they rolled that weed up and they smoked it in that studio <laughs> <laughs> they said i don't know what's gonna happen but let's see what happens when we do this <laughs> and then and then they got that track down like that i'm quite sure because those motherfuckers were smoking out Hell yeah. Oh, it Dude, had I mean, to be like 11th Street Studios over in Atlanta. When I went up into 11th Street Studios and I opened the door and the billows of smoke rolled out that motherfucker, I said, oh, shit, this must be like what it was over in Dr. Dre's house. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you can't have an album, two albums, one called The Chronic, one called The Chronic 2001, formerly called The Chronic 2000. I, there was some, some kind of licensing purposes why I had to change it to 2001, but... You can literally, the chronic, 
The Chronic's a masterpiece. The Chronic 2001, in my opinion, is even better because it came out when I was like coming of age. Like I was like 11 or 12, 13, my teenage years. And that shit, you can smell the marijuana coming through the speakers, Sean, on that record, dude. It's like you play it in the car and your car starts smelling like weed. You're like, what the, what the hell? <laughs> just sometimes I hear Tight. sirens when I'm listening to that music. I just start looking around. I'm going, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, because they always, dude, he always will have those sound effects that sound super real. Oh, like, oh they, shit. They got, the him, they got him underneath, too. They got him underneath which yeah dude which this song it was uh on the surface we did everything kind of right you know what i mean um it was it was one of the more standard rap vocal tracks that i've done you know it didn't get as poetic as what mofucker did you know motherfucker when when i got on that thing sometimes i didn't know what the hell i was even saying dude (laughs) i'm that motherfucker but this one was a straightforward storytelling record and i remember when we were talking about how to approach the vocals or whatever i was just like dude just tell that shit like as clear and concise as possible and you nailed it because this one didn't need like a a bunch of crazy effects or crazy delivery dude the beat was driving the the commentary the social commentary on it was great um it it was in 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 every sense the word a classic ode to like to in my opinion to like the mid 90s west coast like classic songs like you know what i mean just like you had your storytelling, you had your um, clean and concise delivery, and then you had a driving fucking West Coast bass line, dude, with a synth, dude, that sounds like it's something out of a fucking George Clinton movie. You know what I mean? Like or video. <laughs> like, yep, trap was the song, man, and it was one of those songs that I had something to say. You know, not every song yeah. do I, I approach that way. Sometimes I'm just writing to write. You know, let's see what I can come up with here, but. I don't know. I've just been frustrated by this whole economic system and everything about it this past year, you know, some of the stuff I was dealing with. So yeah, For this, sure. this is definitely a, a, you know, I feel sometimes we all feel trapped, right? We feel trapped in our jobs. We feel trapped with the things that we have to do. And that kind of is the song. I'm bringing attention to that. Pimps. Pimps. I'm saying pimps. Is it fair to say that society is over the pimp? Especially since the whole idea behind the pimp is, well, ain't like pussy could ever sell itself. Really? Pussy can't sell itself? I would say pussy has overwhelming market penetration. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that all pussy could sell itself. You don't even need a market strategy for pussy. Just unveil soft kitty to the target audience. Warm kitty is for everyone. Who can honestly say that they don't want one? Unless you're wearing one and just want to exchange it for the less popular accessory, the dick. You know the best way to move pussy off the shelf? Diversify. Choose more than one place to advertise. You will find new customers every day. What has better brand recognition than pussy? Still, somehow, pimps convince women to let them manage the brand. That is why the pimp business model is fucking dumb. You can never improve on the very thing you sell. (laughs) They tell you pimping ain't easy. But the fucking thing sells itself. What you need to understand about the VJJ is, if you have one, 
You have what investors call a controlling share. You have holding power. You can withhold the pussy and drive up demand. The pimp has neither controlling share nor holding power. The pimp cannot make this product. (laughs) Not from scratch. Never try to make one without one. Doesn't work. Best a pimp has ever come up with. A fist with spit. Spit fist has been nowhere near as good as the earning potential of the honeypot hoo-ha. When it comes to ownership, women have what is a clear monopoly on what I'd like to call the sweet spot. Now, you don't need a slogan, a jingle, or even quality control in some cases, if you want to be open for business. I'm sure somewhere you will find a customer willing to meet market price. Have you ever really looked at some of the women selling pussy that get arrested? Some hookers could make a blind man's dick back the fuck up. Did you watch that movie, Monster? The real story of the mass-murdering prostitute, Alien Warnos? Well, she may have looked road hard and put away wet, but her pussy wasn't free. There are no free rides at the Pussy Corner Fair. The rule is, if there is a line of dudes waiting to get on, well... You need to buy a ticket. Shit, Aileen didn't even have a pimp. Without a pimp, her pussy just sold itself. In broad daylight. Here's some trivia for you. The term broad daylight comes from how men during the 1940s preferred to check out broads selling pussy. In daylight, the ugly girls were the ones that men picked up in the dark. Those were called tricks. Tricks, trickin' dicks in the dark. Okay, all that shit aside. Another thing about Aileen's top-selling product? Mama's mop bucket. She didn't even need returning customers. She literally made a killing. In fact, you could say that her pussy sold like hotcakes. Now, to sell like a hotcake, it must be bought in mass quantities with little effort on the part of the seller. Anyway. If the pink fur purse is a picture-perfect cherry pie or a badly damaged axe wound with toxic spill conditions standing on a corner, a customer base will respond. Some hookers eat filet mignon, and some will order from the dollar menu at Mickey D's, but all pussy makes money. Turns out, pussy sells itself. Now, if I stood out on the same corner with a sign that said, Dick, one dollar, I would starve to fucking death. I mean, I might make a few bucks down a country road in the South. Some country boy named Hoss wearing overalls whose crotch smells of donkey ass. I'm pretty sure he'd pull his tractor over and say, Damn, one dollar, huh? Tell you what, son, you're kind of (laughs) cute. How about I give you some dick for free? Ooh, this whole thing about pimps, I just don't get it. Just don't get it. I think we need to get rid of them. (laughs) That's what I think. Fuck pimps. Pimps.
That is the episode of Trap by Curious G. This is the Truth to Power podcast. And this week, we're introducing a song called Tattoo. Tattoo deals with censorship. And this is one of the core values that we hold on this show, is we believe self-censorship is the way that we're going to try to proceed with our art. But we don't want ideas or language to be censored. And this song is the representation of those ideas. Hope you enjoy Tattoo. If you feel I'm filth offensive, giddy up with hands hard defensive. But Buttercup will never get connected if a word said get cut in a second. Rick and Bobby pick a lane, then perfect it. Eyes on that, cause mine's protected. Don't judge rough love like mine's get mine. Yep, mine's ain't your type of sex. I like to laugh at the darkest licks. Like the biggest problem with prison is all the pussy in it smells like shit. Now if you don't want to laugh, but then you did, you feel offensive, hypertensive, mayhaps rap, relax, no one goes to hell over just the laugh. Words stay turned to stain, color views become them chains, tattooed skin, judged frame, censorship guesses to think the same. Here's a motherfucker to check that game. Great idea, but it isn't mine, that's how them bitches whine. My black hat axe, I bend that darkness behind that mask With a grudgeless long like Miss Johansson That black widow chick with the perfect hands Wait, what was I fucking saying? Worst foul slap ass off of that train of thoughts Caught strong then waxed and wane Speak easy amongst these drops of pain And lose that mirror, perfect frame Be flexible, free to change I feel each syllable that hits this tongue Strike like lightning and split the rain Collage, mirage, bright like the sun I got that light that shines down, sun There's no shadow cast, my lights I brung those Us from the image of parts of us that break with love Dark that others wish not to see To hear or prefer not to be Silence comes to all of us I break my silence differently I get loud defiantly Begging someone to quiet me
standard Well shit son, that's fine with me I'm alright with you walking away with your twisted seed Throw that garden far from me Uncensored art is where I can breathe Censorship is imposed Silence